Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that's Ryan, and we have Matt as well. Week three is pretty much in the books for all us Dynasty players, and there were a lot of ups and downs. We'll get to all of it uh, as we move along this episode. Uh, this show is brought to you by the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. That's underdogfantasy.com. Matt, Ryan, week three in the books. Uh, for the most part, like I said, pretty pretty good week. There were like, oh man, ups and downs. The downs yeah. just overshadowed the ups to me. <laughs> Especially after the first two weeks of, of, of you know, just insanity like three was a little bit of a letdown after all the scoring from week two and the excitement of week one and you know there's still a few teams that i don't really feel like we have any more clarity on than we did in week one yeah speak for yourself dan lots of downs yeah that's that really feels like the case some of those ups that i mentioned we're going to get to in the show we'll try to try to stay positive as we move along but ryan will have to speak (laughs) at some point so things might go go down in the dumps uh he he seems a little bit uh agitated by what happened in the fantasy world um over the weekend so i I guess we should kick things off with the biggest takeaway for the week guys uh that's what we've been doing the first couple weeks I think my takeaway, and maybe maybe that's it's for the all three weeks so far, is how just dis- disgusting the tight end position is. This <laughs> week we saw names like Jelani Woods and and Will Disley and Jordan Akins and Jeff Swaim. Those are the guys that that highlight the tight end ones for the week so far, and it seems like that's happening every single week. Some of those guys that we expect big performances, and I know Kelsey and Andrews came through for us. Some of those other guys, not so much. There were there were some bad performances across all positions, of course. But Darren Waller was really bad. I, Fryermuth didn't catch a pass till the the end of the game the other night. Uh, Gerald Everett, one of the guys who have come through early in the season for a lot of dynasty managers, he he didn't do much either on Sunday. So some of the guys we 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 want to play well or we think we get a handle on that position, we we simply don't. Uh, if you don't have Andrews or Kelsey and maybe Kittle comes back and starts playing better, that tight end position, just every time I see a tight end score, I, I shake my head and say, well, nobody started that guy. Yeah, tight end remains uh, just just so frustrating. And we we pick out these sleepers every offseason, and for the most part, they just never seem to actually hit. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking how spoiled we were after last week because we had such a fun week uh, of football in week two with the close games and the comebacks and the uh, crazy fantasy production from so many guys. And this week just felt like a little bit of a letdown, uh, both fantasy wise and and just on the field, just watch watching the game. So, um, you know, we've, we've got a couple games left here in the week, I'm hoping. 
for uh, for a, a good end to the week of football. We do have a lot to talk about this week. We got the stash of the week coming up. We're talking strategy. Matt prepared for something for us there. Uh, we're going to set the line, of course. That's that's a lot of fun. And uh, we got a new fun mock draft. Well, at least half of it will be fun. <laughs> The Startup. Yeah, we thought the best place to start this week was probably on one of the positives that we saw on Sunday, and that was that happened with Philadelphia. The Eagles destroyed the Commanders 24-8, to and the biggest takeaway from this one, guys, seems to be that the where we drafted these players, the, the Jalen Hurtses, the A.J. Browns, even Dallas Goddard, and now even Devontae Smith after his big game on Sunday, these guys are coming through for us, and it seems like an offense that isn't going to be stopped. If you invested, Matt, into these Philadelphia Eagles over the offseason on your dynasty rosters, you have to be very pleased with what they're giving you. Absolutely. I mean, we... We, I feel like in some ways we saw this coming. I mean, you know, we, we, we had these doubts about Jalen Hurts. You know, I, for me, it kind of ended at the end of last season, but I think it kind of proliferated into the offseason for, for lots, lots of people that Hurts, you know, is he, the, is he the guy going forward? And, you know, they went out and made moves. They got A.J. Brown. I don't know what else you really need to say about it. If, if the team goes out and, and sends a, uh, pays a guy $100 million, they're going to want to use him, and they've been using him maybe not as much this week as in week one. Um, and we saw Devontae Smith kind of come back and, and really have a great week two and even better week three after we thought he might be dead after a, a, a complete goose egg in week one. So all of these guys are exciting. We probably should have seen it coming if we could just could have just gotten over that kind of thing in the back of our mind saying that Hurts isn't the guy because clearly he is the guy. Yeah, 340 yards and three touchdowns in week three against the Commanders. Also ran the ball nine times, just 20 yards on the ground. But if you watch that game, him moving around behind the line of scrimmage really caused problems for that uh, Washington defense and created those opportunities for especially Devontae Smith. Uh, Eight catches, 169 yards and a score. You know, Smith is really the guy, Ryan, that, that... a lot of dynasty managers have focused in on here of late because he was disappointing early in the season, but really came out with reckless abandon on Sunday. Those big gaudy numbers and nearly scored a second touchdown on a deep bomb where he, where he got pulled down at the one yard line uh, on a jump ball. It seems like Devonte Smith might be the perfect um, Batman or Robin to AJ Brown's Batman because he can stretch the field so much. And if you're gonna give all your resources to trying to stop Brown Smith gets that one-on-one coverage and he can make big plays happen. Yeah. I was told that there is no, uh, there's no Batman or there is no Robin in Philadelphia. They're all Batman. They're, yeah. they're all wearing the cape. <laughs> it sounds like. Um, and, and I think that's right. I think that's what we're going to see from week to week. Um, and I mean, I was one of the, one of the people who were, were down on Devonte Smith coming into the year, had concerns about him that he would not be the wide receiver one in, uh, uh, you know, on this team. And therefore he was a player that we should avoid at his cost. And, you know, coming off of a couple of really good games, including a great one in, here in week three, I still kind of feel that way. I mean, A.J. Brown was a little down this week. Um, I I think in most weeks, A.J. Brown is going to be the guy, and then 
it's going to be Goddard and Smith kind of battling it out to see who the second option is. So uh, Smith has, has looked very good the past couple weeks, and uh, hopefully you didn't sell too low because he, he certainly still has some value. But I don't think we can count on consistent production from from him. And maybe another nice thing for this Philadelphia offense is that those ancillary pieces surrounding these big three, they're coming through really too. Dallas Goddard just caught three passes on Sunday, 26 yards, but it was a target in the red zone, caught the touchdown. Um, And then Miles Sanders is getting a majority of that workload in the backfield. The numbers really didn't come through in week three, just 15 carries for 46 yards and caught only one pass for negative yardage. But the nice thing there is we've we've gotten accustomed to Philadelphia using a two or three headed monster at running back, and now they seem to be committing to Sanders, and and maybe that makes him a little bit more flex worthy moving forward. Is there any other really takeaways from this offense, Matt? You're always talking about you you really only want those top couple of options in the passing game. It it, it appears that they're they're using those guys as their their main options. And uh, you like tailbacks that catch passes. Usually, Miles Sanders is a is a part of that passing game. Uh, I don't know if there's anything really to hate about this Philadelphia offense as a dynasty manager. No, and I you know I like to have tight ends that are the top one or two options on their team. And Goddard may not be that, but he's still scoring pretty well considering how terrible the tight end position has been. Uh, this season, only four targets today, but caught three of them for 26 yards and a touchdown. That puts him as a tight end one, believe it or not, <laughs> this yeah. week. So, um, you know, just having a tight end attached to a, an offense this good is going to be um, very good for, for Goddard and, and for whoever, whoever has him on their fantasy teams. The scary thing about this offense to me is that on paper, if you look at strength of schedule, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL the rest of the way. So I hope you got some Eagles on your mm. team. Yeah, hope you got Eagles. Hope you have Eagles playoff uh, bets that are in from early in the season or in the off season because the Eagles look like the favorite in the East and certainly look like guys that we want in our lineup throughout the 2022 season. I'm thinking of Sleeper Stash of the Week. It's time for the Sleeper Stash of the Week, where we take a look at a player outside our top 280p that we think should make their way onto your roster or maybe even into your ro- your starting lineup considerations. Matt, you got the Sleeper of the Week this year, or excuse me, this week. Who you got? <laughs> you can have it all went, year if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Dearness Johnson, 232 overall, running back 73. And uh, he's the running back three on Cleveland, who is averaging 38 rushing attempts per game through three games. That's the second highest in the league so far. Uh, Nick Chubb, we know, is basically the running back one in fantasy right now. He's averaging over five five and a half yards per carry. Leads the league in rushing. Kareem Hunt, he's also a running back two in fantasy. Uh, he's averaging 15 touches a game. And uh, this this offense is just so efficient from a running back standpoint, uh, but you know, and also obviously the volume is there as well. So Johnson is kind of in position to contribute right away if either Chubb or Hunt miss time. Uh, he did sign a one year deal to stay in Cleveland this season, but will be a free agent after the season in twenty twenty one. 
Uh, he had 19 or more carries in three games last season, two of which were starts. And in those three games, he averaged 22 carries, 122 yards rushing, 3.6 targets, and 3.3 receptions per game. So I really feel like he can contribute, uh, if either of these guys this uh, uh, time, either as the lead back if it was to be Chubb that went down or as a receiving threat if Hunt were to go down. So at a running back 73 price, I feel like he's a pretty good stash on your team. We know it's a 17-game season. It's a long season. Running backs get hurt. You got to have these running back three and four types on your roster. And I want ones that are on these high val- high volume rushing attack offenses. So Dearness Johnson is your sleeper stash of the week. The course is brought to you by sleeper fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Download their app, join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all of your leagues in one place. Join millions of players, Today, on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Stretch it. Yeah, let's talk strategy. We haven't had a lot of chances to do this as the season has approached and now again as we start the season. So, Matt, uh, what strategy conversation should we have today? Yeah, this was was actually... uh kind of sparked in my mind by a tweet that Ryan sent out this week that said that waivers this week is, I forget exactly what it was, but waivers is trash this week, waivers is thin this week, whatever it was for our uh, entering week three. And it was, it was just garbage. So like it made me think about um, spending time on waivers, you know, in in general, I I had a thought that maybe, and this is honestly how I spend my time most of the week. If I know that there's nobody on, on waivers in, in the really deep leagues um, is to really spend that time that I would do grinding the waiver wire and using that time to send out trade offers and things like that. Because in these deeper dynasties leagues we have, you know, how many, how many contributors or even, uh, excuse me, how many difference makers or even contributors do we get from these waiver wires every week, especially in these deep dynasty leagues. So I just want to kind of throw out a general discussion on waivers and how you guys handle them each week. Is it, do you guys have a specific approach for how you handle waivers each week? Uh, we can go to Ryan first. Yeah, well, I, I do. I don't know that it's very efficient, but it, it's basically wait until the last minute and, uh, <laughs> and get some bids in, you know, check, check the, uh, check the MFL list and, and see which players are, are most added and, and, you know, look at that list. But I mean, it has been depressing this year. You know, we're, we're three weeks in here and, um, yeah, that was, that was my tweet the other day because I found myself as the middle of last week rolled around and it was waiver time. Like I wasn't even really checking waivers in my league because I mean, these are, these are leagues that we already have 30 plus players rostered, including taxi squad. And so waivers are always thin, but it's, it's worse than normal this year. And I don't know. I mean, I got some pretty good response to that tweet with some people suggesting um, that maybe that was a sign that fantasy players are, are, are getting better in general, uh, you know, stashing players versus rostering players um, that, you know, don't have very much value or, or upside, really. Some of those roster cloggers, I thought that made sense. Of course, people talked about the uh, lack of injuries, which we definitely don't want to complain about that. If, if that's the main reason, <laughs> we'll, we'll take a dead waiver wire uh, and, and fewer injuries. But um, 
Yeah, this this is a weakness of mine. I think it's a weakness of a lot of dynasty players, uh, whether it's a time management issue or, you know, it's just a pain to go through when you're in 20 plus leagues, pain to go through all of those. Um, and, you know, they, they, they run at different times. Some are running, you know, first thing Wednesday morning. Some are running right before the game on Thursday. And, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a challenge to keep up. But, but this year, at least, it's not hurting you much. You know, I, I think the most, the best advice I can probably give is to, is to really just pay attention as much as you can, right? It's, yeah. you know, I, like you guys, on Sundays, I watch Red Zone. I watch as every... Uh, uh, primetime football game that's on every single week. And, and I make notes throughout that entire time. I, I just have a piece of paper and a pen and write something down when I see when anything catches my eye. And a lot of times it's those no-name tight ends that score touchdowns. Uh, just make a note of it. I'm one of those guys where if I write it down, I, I have a lot better chance of remembering it. Then when it comes time to make those waiver claims, I like to look at like weekly startable rankings in case I miss anything. But mostly I look back at those at those notes from the week before, those guys that kind of come out of nowhere. Um, I remember earlier in the year, it was Greg Dortch was one of the guys who had that big game, six, seven catches uh, when they when they were depleted at wide receiver. And I picked him up in a few leagues. This week, week three, I didn't make very many notes like that. I think the only name I really wrote down was Mac Hollins, the the Raiders receiver that seemed to be a, a primary um, target of of Derek Carr out there, and you know he made some plays. So he's going to be on the waiver wire for a lot of in a lot of dynasty leagues this week. I, I think people will be relatively aggressive on on him. Um, you know, like like Ryan, I like to like to comb through everything and make sure I'm not missing anything. You know, I, I think the real the real uh, strategy comes in when it comes to like how aggressive to be and when to when to push all in for the right guy. And, you know, I seem to think early on that Dorch was one of those guys in one of my leagues because I needed help at receiver. Um in another league, I barely put a bid on him. So knowing the what your, what your roster really looks like, where your needs are, if you're in a super flex league and you have a, a couple of injuries at quarterback and desperately need one, that's when you push more all in. I take I, I take more of the quality over quantity approach. I, I see see guys every week, you know, you know, picking up these players that you know are, maybe they have a week here and there for you if, if you have an injury or bye week situation, something like that. But for the most part, these guys, like Ryan said earlier, are going to be roster cloggers. So, like guys that I'm thinking about are like Elijah Mitchell last year, guys that we we think are going to be big hits, and at that time you push push all your chips on on those big difference makers. And if you're making these little like nickel and dime ads every single week, which you know I think there's an argument to be churning through through roster spots certainly. But to be able to have the bullet to fire, the big cannonball to fire, when one of those obvious guys that are going to make a difference for you for multiple weeks or even maybe the rest of the season is how I like to, to play the waivers. Identifying those, those big ones, though, is, is kind of tough to do, right? It, it, you really have to see a guy that, that falls into a role suddenly and, and you can push 70, 80, 90% of your budget in on that player. We haven't really talked about and I don't even know how, how common it is in dynasty leagues because I don't play in any of them. I assume you guys don't play any. 
uh, leagues where they have a waiver priority system, whether it's rolling and changes week to week, or once you have moved up to the top spot, you don't lose it until you pick up a player. Um, do you guys still play in any leagues like that, whether I guess it's redraft or dynasty? And, and is that, I guess, how do you use it, that, that, that waiver priority when you do get up to number one, or do you change the way you do waivers and that kind of system versus blind bidding? I don't play in any dynasty leagues with that kind of setup. I, I, you know, we kind of got away from that 10 or 12 years ago where, so. <laughs> where the fab system really took over. Um, that would be a deal breaker for me too. I, I wouldn't want to play in a league like that. Yeah, I uh, well, I've got bad news for Dan actually because he and I share a team uh, in a league that does you that does use a rolling waiver wire. Is that right? <laughs> Oops. So uh, deal breaker. Dan, rise around. You're the on your own in that league, league. now. Dan's definitely on on top of the waiver wires in his leagues. I can tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly Ouch. It, it's certainly um, not not the preference, right? I mean, I, I think. Again, we've kind of been spoiled with Fab that 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 uh, those blind bidding waivers uh, are definitely the way to go and and more fair. But yeah, when you in that rolling waiver system, um, when you move up to number one, you're you're a lot more cautious, I think, in in throwing those bids out. You you know you want to make sure you're using that priority on uh, a player who you deem worthy, not just bidding on kind of the hot name of the week. That's all I really got, you guys. Uh, I mean, do, do, do you guys spend a ton of time on waivers each week? I used to mention it's one of your weaknesses. Ryan, it's definitely my weakness just because I just don't want to do it for that number of leagues. And it has gotten easier this year. I've, I've cut down uh, quite a bit over the last couple of seasons, so it's gotten manageable. But honestly, I'd rather just use that time that I have to use to, to comb the waiver wire, so to speak, to make trade offers, because that's how I think you, you really go about improving your league, your, your team in most leagues and dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good, good point for sure. Uh, you know, when you're trying to balance how to use your time, the time that you have, uh, you can make a big, bigger difference on the trade market. However, it doesn't cost you anything to, to go through the waiver wire. So I always think I might be missing out on something and I spend too much time on it because of that. Uh, and then, then sometimes make those, make those additions that, that end up hurting you in the end. That's, that's been the weakness I have on the waiver, (laughs) waiver wire where you, where you think you have something, a player that's worthless. And and this guy who, who made a couple of plays, you want to add him, you drop the wrong players and three or four player and three or four weeks later, that guy falls into a job. Uh, I hate I hate being wrong twice and, you know, to pick them up and then drop them to pick them up because you think they're going to be something big and then they turn into something big. But you have already dropped them. That that hurts so bad. So the waiver wire is, is a tough spot for sure. I have played that ad drop game with Mo Alley Cox, like probably more than any other player. <laughs> I have an empty, I have a roster spot I want to fill. Pick up Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> need a need a play, need to add a player. Drop Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> well, I do. You kind of hit on something there that uh, reminded me of, of a situation that I've had just the past couple weeks. You know, you maybe you have that player who lands on the injured reserve, so you don't have to drop anybody. You just have an open roster spot. And typically that that seems to happen later in the week. You know, waivers have already run and whoever the priority is that week, if it was Greg Dortch or Noah Brown or, uh, you know, maybe one of these backup running backs who are getting carries, they're already gone. So now now you're digging even deeper. 
And when I'm doing that, I, I mean, I like to kind of tell myself a story about that player. What could happen in the next week that that player could gain value uh, or, or could be somewhat significant? So, I mean, Foster Moreau was a, a player I picked up over the past week uh, with that in mind. You know, if, if Darren Waller were to get hurt, now suddenly Foster Moreau is probably a fantasy starter, not just the Raiders starter. It would be a fantasy starter. Um, I picked up Mike White. You know, I mean, Flacco has been up and down. Who knows what's going to happen with Zach, Zach Wilson. And, and Mike White had a couple good games last, uh, last year. So, you know, that, that's a stretch. And, and a lot of times those are guys you end up dropping a week or two later when you need that spot back. Uh, but I, I think that can be important is kind of laying out the the possibilities. What could happen for that guy to really gain value? And I think a lot of times that's that's better than adding, you know, Cole Beasley or somebody like that who's going to be your wide receiver eight no matter what. I think that's good good advice, especially when you consider leagues that have IR spots. When When you slide somebody into the IR and that creates that roster spot, to to project forward how what what could happen and find that value is is a good place to be especially when Trey Lance went on IR move him to IR to IR in your fantasy league and go find the guy that's that's most likely to make a big jump in fantasy value um, not necessarily just the 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 new second quarterback in San Francisco or 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 maybe the hot waiver wire ad, ad like Mac Hollins this week who really only got those opportunities because Hunter Renfro wasn't on the field due to the concussion. So seeing through that a little bit is the is probably one of the most important things when managing waivers. It's time to set the line. We set the line every single week here on the show. It's a betting game where each of us throw out a line on anything or really, really anything, right? That uh, and make the other two choose over or under. We're tracking the progress throughout the year, Matt. Where are we at right now? Uh, well, entering the week, Ryan's up three to one. I've got two. I'm two and two. Dan is one and three. Uh, but this week we we've got some changes. Some movement. Um, some movement. For Ryan's bet, uh, he said that three players will score, at least three players will score 38.5 fantasy points, uh, set the line at three and a half. We do have two games left to go, but it's not looking good for me. I took the over on that right now. Just Lamar Jackson hit that mark. Um, We'll see what happens in the final two games. We can probably wrap this one up, Dan. Um, I'll take the dub. uh, Right now you're getting the W on that one. Uh, Ryan and I, we hit the over on Pitts just barely uh, <laughs> by less than a point. Pitts hit 13.7 points for over your line of 13.15. Um, and this one's a little bit, I, I feel like it's going to be controversial. You guys tell me. Uh, I set the line for Montgomery and Herbert for Khalil Herbert to score uh, just six and a half points uh, or fewer less than David Montgomery. And of course, M- Montgomery got hurt. Um, early in the game, Herbert took over. He went on to become the running back one on the week, scoring 30.9 fantasy points. I feel like since he hit running back one overall for the week, at least, you know, in entering Sunday night football, I should get, I should get the win on this one. But if you guys feel differently because of the injury, let me know. Well, how could you, you can't, can't win your own. Win. So no, <laughs> 
Well, you know what I mean. I win I, because you guys both lost because you both took the no, over. No, we both lost. Yeah, we, we both took win. the over, so we, we both take a loss, but you, you get nothing. <laughs> I get nothing. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and you so, have to enjoy uh, it. It looks like we're all going to be one-on-one on the week, depending on what happens with Ryan's bet, um, but that seems like to be the most likely scenario, which would still wouldn't really change anything in the standings. Ryan would be four and two. I would be three. Uh, excuse, yeah, three and three and three, and Dan, you would be two and four. two and four. So I'm I'm bringing up the hind end again. I guess that means I have to go first. We'll see if anything changes on that uh, that other bet if somebody goes off on Sunday or Monday night. I'll uh, I'll introduce mine to you guys. We have the first um, overseas game of the season in week four. Minnesota is technically on the road at New Orleans. It's a home game for the Saints in London on Sunday. Favorites have covered the spread 68% of the time in the United Kingdom since we started doing these things. And right now, the early line is Minnesota minus two. So, uh, Minnesota wins over under two and a half points. Matt, what do you got? I'm going to take, I mean, I'm going to take the Saints straight up, so... I'm going to say, what, what is that? Is You're that, going to be under then. I'm going to be under. Under a Minnesota win by two and a half points. Ryan, are you going to change it up? Yeah, I think I'm going the other way. I'm going over. I like Minnesota in the game, and uh, I like them by more than two and a half. So I'll, I'll, I guess that makes me over there. All right. That sounds good. Uh, Matt, you were second in the standings, so you can, you can, we'll play yours next. Okay. Um, in week one, there were six 300-yard passers. In week two, there were seven 300-yard passers. In week three, so far, entering Sunday Night Football, there have been eight 300-yard passers. So I'm going to set the line for week four at six and a half 300-yard passers. Mm. Well, you know, when we play this game, we're, we're look, projecting forward, and I think we're pretty much the only ones projecting week four before we even we even get out of <laughs> week three. Week three. Uh, but Maybe but I've learned to look ahead at the schedule before we play set the line. Yep. Um, there are some juicy matchups, so there's certainly the potential for for lots of 300 yard games. Therefore, I'm going to just blindly take the over and say there's at least seven. Mm, I, I did not prep. I have not looked at the schedule, but I'm trying to do that right now <laughs> as we speak here. Um, yeah, I think I think I'll just go the other way just for fun. I'll say under here. All right, so we've split the first two. That'll that'll that could shake up the standings, Ryan. You could you could pull away next week from from the pack if uh if you sweep those two uh you gotta you gotta bring us your line though why don't you set it for us all right um lamar jackson has had a great uh past couple weeks he has scored just over 82 fantasy points in the past two weeks Mm. and uh by my last minute research the best three game stretch by a quarterback from a fantasy uh fantasy points standpoint is 108.2 fantasy points uh that's that's way back even before the merger that's george blanda in 1961 so for lamar to break that record he would need 
26.2 fantasy points in week four against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, just for reference, in his career, Lamar has scored 26.2 or more fantasy points 36% of the time. So that's the number, 26.2 fantasy points for Lamar and a new three-game record. I'll, t- I'll go first. I'm taking the over easily. Jackson's on fire. Um, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game, so I'm taking the over. Yeah, Buffalo, they're playing Buffalo at home. J.K. Dobbins just returned in week three, and Lamar really really had to do it with his legs once again. Back-to-back, 100-yard rushing games, back-to-back games with a rushing touchdown as well. If you remember back to week one, they played the Jets, and Lamar was throwing it a lot, right? 30 pass attempts, uh, three touchdown passes, only ran it six times, and he, he caught a little flack for that. I, I think a lot of the national narrative was that Lamar wanted to be this pocket passer and make the big, big uh, contract out of the pocket. Well, he's, he's kind of shoo-shooed that all and uh, uh, took it over with his legs in the last two weeks. I'm with Matt. I just don't see a path to where Lamar has to stay in the pocket and not get outside. He might score enough points with his legs against Buffalo. I think they'll be playing from behind against the Bills. And I think they need Lamar to play really, really well to beat him. And even if they're doing that from behind, he will. So I, I think that's a pretty pretty easy line after back-to-back weeks where where he went over 42 points. Yeah, I, I thought I gave you guys an easy one, kind of a layup on that one. Uh, we appreciate it. I mean, looking at, at <laughs> Lamar leads the league in passing touchdowns and rushing yards by quarterback. I mean, that is that's quite the the pairing to have both of those stats and uh yeah just just off to an awesome start uh, through these uh through these three games that was yeah. a, a fun a fun week one conspiracy theory that he wasn't running because he wanted the new contract <laughs> but uh we clearly have seen that that's not the case of the last two weeks so i mean he is uh, he is telling them you need to pay me as the highest quarterback in the league and i mean i, I can i don't know if you guys can argue against that but it's, it seems like it's, it's inevitable at this point. He is, he's a different kind of cat for sure. That I, I don't know if there's a defense that can stop him. You know, the old adage is you, you can't stop him, just hope to contain him. And nobody's even containing him at this point. He was, he was pretty close to breaking that record over these first three games then because yeah. I think he had 22 or 24 points in, in week one, right? Yeah, so again, it, it was kind of rough research, but I only found um, probably seven or eight quarterbacks who were over 100 points in in any three-game stretch, uh, and, and he's done that these first three weeks. I think he's right around 102. Lamar's been great, but I wish he'd get, get the ball to my guy Bateman a little bit more. Just two catches for 59 <laughs> yards on four targets. Targets are and, earned. Andrews, earned Andrews is 13 targets. Okay, okay, Mr. Kyle Pitts is always wide open. Give me a <laughs> he break. He was today, man. He was today. <laughs> no House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available. Play in pick'em contests for a shot at winning $250,000 or more in cold, hard cash. Download the app, choose your contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money 
every day. Bet on up to five player prop, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, the NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with the promo code DLF at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get an initial deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play the game, but also where you play the game. You won't want to miss out on this. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Oh man, I love I love mock drafts. I like getting creative with mock drafts as well, Ryan. And you did just that this week. ADP is right around the corner for October, right? So um, we're looking at the be- biggest dynasty risers and fallers. Uh, explain what you put together here, Ryan. Sure. I mean, this this time of year, the first few weeks of the season, risers and fallers, players that are uh, seeing their value change is always a big topic. It's an important topic uh, for dynasty managers, and that's what we're that's what we're going to be drafting today. Uh, with our October ADP and those mock drafts coming up uh, within the next week or so, I thought we would uh, essentially make some predictions here in the form of a mock draft. Uh, The first round, we're going to be drafting Dynasty Risers, players that we think have gained Dynasty value in the Superflex format. Uh, And these have to be players that were outside of the top four rounds in September. So that was preseason ADP. It was our last preseason ADP right before the season kicked off. Uh, Round one, again, we'll draft Dynasty Risers that that had an ADP of 49 or lower uh, in September. And then when we flip over to round two, uh, we'll do dynasty fallers, players that are inside of the top four rounds, uh, but we expect them to fall, uh, potentially fall out, or at least lose some spots come October ADP. And again, I think you mentioned this, but we're we're using super flex ADP, so we can include those quarterbacks. Um, again, round one is the dynasty risers, and I might have put my my cheat sheet together a little differently than you guys. I I, I know the 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 game that we're playing right now is probably the guy who gains the most spots, but I really put mine together based on the most effective gain and and the most uh, the, the player that will make the most impact uh, by gaining. So it could be a guy that only gains a, a handful of spots, but. Um, they're effective spots and, and he becomes a player. I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to surprise anybody with my first pick. I have, the, I have the number one pick in the draft and I'm taking Amon Ra St. Brown, um, 61st in Superflex ADP in September, 23 catches, 253 yards and three touchdowns. I know he wasn't quite as effective in week three as he had been in the first two weeks and really over the last half a season. But once again, nine targets. Uh, six catches for 73 yards, missed a chunk of that game as well, did come back on the field and, and was very productive in that ball game against the Vikings. I I weighed a few players in this, and I, I know the Lions lost the game, and, and he didn't get the 10 targets, and he didn't go over 100 yards or find pay dirt. But, you know, we talked about it a lot in the startup last week. Amon Ra is, is the biggest riser in, in fantasy so far this season. I'm sticking to it. 
All right. Uh, I, I can't read, apparently. So I, I used um, <laughs> one quarterback ADP for most of this, but I'll just I'll just translate it. Um, my number one pick, I'm just going to stick with him. He's not, he doesn't look as good in the Superflex rankings, and it's not a quarterback. Um, so that's a little bit weird. Um, but the guy that I wrote down for one quarterback was James Robinson, 152 overall, running back 51. I have to imagine that's coming up 20-ish or so, at least maybe more positional spots and definitely into the top 100. Um, in Superflex ADP, however, he was running back 31 at 112 overall, so quite a bit more valuable in our, to our uh, Superflex mock drafters. Um, I'll, I'll stick with Robinson um, as my pick there, though. Yeah, Robinson was on my list as well. I, di- I didn't necessarily have him that high. Um, I, think, I think he's worthy, though, for sure. Certainly good, looked good on that 50-yard touchdown run in Week 3. Ryan, you do the, drew the third pick here. Who are you going with? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough choice here because I, I do think there are a lot of players who are going to gain value, um, especially these young guys who are, are kind of proving it early in the season. I'm going to go with one of those. Uh, I think I'll take Garrett Wilson here, the Jets rookie wide receiver. Had an ADP of 98 in, uh, in that Superflex ADP from September. And, I mean, I think we could see – you know, possibly a, a 50 spot rise maybe uh, for Garrett Wilson uh, from, from month to month. And, and uh, he's looking like he's the Jets wide receiver one already. Um, yeah. There, there was lots of competition there. A few guys that I really wanted to grab, but I'll, I'll make Garrett Wilson the choice. Yeah. I like that pick. And you mentioned his ADP of 98. I had him right in this range. The one thing that, that uh, really is holding him back for dynasty mm. players right now is actually that coaching staff. Yeah. He's he's not playing the snaps again in week three. Just forty eight snaps, thirty seven routes run, but eight targets. When you compare that to Corey Davis, seventy snaps. Elijah Moore, seventy six. Corey Davis only got five targets, ran 50 routes. So Wilson is is so much more effective and really so much more efficient as well. I, I wrote about Garrett Wilson in the Rookie Report card a week ago. You can find that over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. And I, I kind of summarized it as just wait until he really gets on the field regularly. He got banged around a little bit in week three as well. Missed some time because of that. So we don't know necessarily if that was the coaching staff holding him back in week three or if it was the injury. Maybe they had plans to really feature him a little bit more. Uh, There's so many things to consider when it comes to the Jets, including that coaching staff and the quarterback situation. And also Elijah Moore, who's who's really being treated as the number one receiver in New York, but but hasn't really come up with the numbers to this point to support being the wide receiver one with the Jets. I, I really like Wilson there. I had one guy ahead of him, though, in my rankings, and that was Drake London. He was drafted as the wide receiver one, uh, both in the NFL draft and by most dynasty players as well. 62 in Superflex ADP in September, 16 catches for 214 and a couple of scores and really looks the part as that alpha wide receiver and a guy who, if you get a quarterback that can get him the ball regularly, he's going to get the separation and be open. I had him at number two in my rankings uh, for this draft. So I got, I got my number one guy at number one and my number two guy at number four. 
All right. I went I love the I love both of those picks and I'm actually going to stick with the rookies. I'm going to go with Chris Olave in uh, one quarterback leagues 59 overall wide receiver 31, not much different in Superflex 84 overall wide receiver 32. He has led the team uh, the Saints in targets in back-to-back weeks with 13 targets in each of the last two games. Uh, had a nice game last week with five for 80, had an even better game this week, uh, over 140 yards, uh, this week. So, uh, Lave, I also think is moving up as the, the best, already the best wide receiver on the saints. Yeah. I had him as the next guy on my list as well. Ryan, I'm sure you did too. Yeah, he was definitely up there. We also saw, saw Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Uh, I think even Traquan, Traquan Smith, uh, all three of those guys suffered injuries in week three. So uh, uh, Olave already looked like kind of the top guy there, and, and that could cement that. Uh, I don't know. We've, we've made five picks here. Three of them are rookie wide receivers. Uh, that kind of goes to our theory that we've talked about, that rookie fever was was just delayed this year. Or maybe there was so much talk that the 22 class was bad that we, uh, you know, we kind of overthought this um, when it comes to startup drafts. And we didn't give some of these rookies, especially the rookie wide receivers, the credit um, that that we should have. So I don't know. We'll, we'll probably have a couple other rookies on here as well. In fact, I think I'm going to take one next. I'm going to go away from the receiver position, though. I'm going to take Kenny Pickett. He was 57 overall in that uh, September ADP. Again, this is super flex format. I mean, Mitch Trubisky has just been horrible. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time, despite what uh, the coaching staff says there, uh, before we see Pickett on the field. And, uh, you know, any young quarterback, obviously, in a super flex format is going to have a ton of value. So I think we'll see Pickett as a, as a riser in October. Yeah, and he hasn't even gotten on the field, which has kind of lulled me to sleep a little bit. I put him a little lower in my rankings, thinking maybe I could get him at 10 in this thing. Ryan, you're a step ahead, of course, as usual. Uh, pick him at 6 overall, and that puts me on the clock at 7. And you mentioned the, the rookie receivers that we could see here. And I, I'm i going to pick one based on just on what I expect the ADP to do. And I think lots of dynasty managers will probably expect this. I'm taking Jahan Dotson at 107 in ADP. Um, He's going to rise big time based on those three touchdowns he had. But Dotson just has nine catches on the season through three games. Of course, three of them found pay dirt, and a lot of dynasty managers see that. And I think most likely a lot of dynasty managers started him as a wide receiver three or a flex guy this week, hoping to get that same kind of production. But that Eagles secondary absolutely shut him down. He was taken out of that game plan, just a couple of catches, real short yardage as well. Um, He's going to gain a lot in ADP, but Jahan Dotson still has some growing to do um, to be a regular playmaker in this league and to be a guy really that we're going to depend on in our starting lineups moving forward. I've got two picks left. There's like five guys I want to talk about. So I'm going to throw them. We'll, we'll get them for you, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with uh, Devonte Smith. Yeah. We just talked Good about pick. him kind of at the startup uh, with the Eagles offense, but in one quarterback league, 68 overall wide receiver, 37 and super flex leagues, 82 overall wide receiver, 30. 
Uh, there's not much more else to say that we haven't talked about already. Just This is a really, really good player. When all of the coverage is rolling to A.J. Brown, he's going to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, this isn't – you guys tell me. I mean, I feel like it's really close. Who is the best receiver, the best top two receivers now? Is it Cincinnati or is it Philadelphia at this point? I don't I know how Miami. you can say it's not Cincinnati. Miami. <laughs> there you go. It's neither. It's Miami. There's some really good wide receiver duos in the league right now. Uh, let's see. I think I'm up next at 109. Um, 109? Oh, okay. 1.09. The ninth pick in the first round. <laughs> sorry, Very good. Sorry. It's a, it's, I thought you were. I, I thought for a second you were going with the ADP. I was looking at ADP and thought to myself, "Well, that's Michael Thomas." I, I'm not sure you're going that way. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to narrow it down here. I'm like Matt. I've got a few guys I still want to talk. Well, about. I got one guy I really want, Ryan. So don't take. Him. All right, I'm going to take Christian Kirk. He's 105. Oh, you dirty dog! <laughs> nice. 105 overall. Um, I mean, there were lots of doubts about him, even. Uh, with the you know with the change to a new team, with the uh, really a, what became kind of a joke of a contract, and and we a lot of times I think we couldn't see past the over you know him being overpaid to think about what that situation was really going to be for him, and I think right now there's lots of questions about that Arizona coaching staff and how they maybe mishandled uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, so he, I mean, he's a legit wide receiver one for his team and uh, certainly moving up the ranks in dynasty leagues. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I like that a lot. We sh- we probably should have been a little bit more aggressive with Christian Kirk uh, throughout the preseason because, or, or really th- or throughout the whole off season, because we saw the progression from Trevor Lawrence coming and they needed that number one receiver down there in Jacksonville. It's clear that it's Kirk. We should have seen that in the outset, and uh, and we kind of swung and missed on that one. I got a few guys I'm considering here with the tenth pick, and I'll I'll stick with the veterans. I'm going to go with Curtis Samuel, and I I understand maybe you guys might not have even looked at him as an option, but he is a I big have. part of that Washington offense. Already 22 catches, they're creating opportunities for him. He's found the end zone a couple times as well. Did you guys know he has 30 targets through three games, averaging 10 targets a game? If he stays healthy, he is he is the like real cheap version of Debo Samuel. He's a guy they're they're creating those opportunities for, and he's putting up wide receiver three numbers. and And we were paying wide receiver eight and wide receiver nine prices. His ADP of one sixty one is gonna is gonna go up massively next month. And it's even it's even greater. And uh, you would think it would be, be be a lower ADP in superflex leagues, but it's actually in one quarterback. He's one ninety eight wide receiver, eighty four overall. So wow. those are both going to skyrocket. Yep. Uh, my last player. Uh, there's a few here still that I want to talk about, but I'll go with Amari Cooper, a veteran wide receiver who we probably has been dropping all off season, especially with the suspension news and, and Deshaun Watson, but uh, Jacoby Brissett has unlocked him. <laughs> He's had over a hundred yards. in the That's a the sentence I didn't weeks. expect to hear. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? Jacoby Brissett is a quarterback too. And it's a startable quarterback too in Superflex flex leagues, as you know, Dan from sniper active. Absolutely. Um, so um, yeah. So Amari Cooper is a one Oh two overall in Superflex leagues wide receiver 40. Um, you know, maybe just because of the age, we don't get a huge bump there, but I think he's firmly inside the, the, the top 30 or so wide receivers in terms of fantasy, in terms of dynasty at this point. 
All right, last pick of the risers section. Uh, I'm going to go with Cam Akers here. Uh, ADP was 94 overall, and uh, this is another player that kind of became the talk of Dynasty after week one. Uh, we were all ready to give up on him, myself included, and uh, he's he's slowly regaining that role. Uh, I, I think I think 90, an ADP of 94 is, is just too low, so I, I could see him moving up a couple of rounds in our next set of ADP. If we had done this activity at halftime of the week three late games, uh, late afternoon games, he would not be in this. Because if you were looking at Twitter, everybody on Twitter hated Cam Akers for his two carries and negative two yards. Came up big in the second half, though, and looked like really looked like his old self, yeah. especially on that touchdown run. Uh, let's move on to round two, which are those fallers. Those guys inside the top 48 picks in September ADP that we expect to fall. I got the number one pick here as well. We're going to have to kind of roll through these guys. I think it's an easy top three. Actually, I think the top three are going to be the same on all three of our lists. I'm taking Justin Fields here. Quarterback 12, number 22 overall, and has not looked good. I know that Bears uh, really roster does not look good as a whole. They don't have a lot of talent there. But Justin Fields, they, they don't trust him to throw more than a handful of passes a game, and for good reason, because he airmails a lot of throws right to safeties, apparently. I went with Najee Harris, who is the 14th overall pick, running back two in our Superflex rankings. He, or excuse me, in our eighth Superflex ADP, he is running back 18 on the season. If you took him in the first round of any draft, you're probably pretty upset, and Harris is moving down. I mentioned impactful changes at the beginning of this thing, and that's an impactful one. He, he There were dynasty managers expecting running back one type pr- production, and I don't see that coming anytime soon. Ryan, you're up at three. I think we have to go with Trey Lance here. He was the 15th yep. overall player in that September ADP. Uh, and, of, of course, with the injury he suffered, uh, not only done for the year, but uh, questions about – uh, his future, uh, both from a health standpoint and just, uh, you know, just the quality of player on the field. So uh, I think Trey Lance might be the biggest loser when it comes to ADP from September to October. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I had him at second on my list. So that that's a good one right there. I'm up at the fourth pick here in the second round. I'm going to take the layup here. I'll take Tom Brady. He's, he's clearly going to be done. And, you know, you just... Like, we should already be moving on from him. If you're an 0-3 team, you should be trading Tom Brady right now. He's He hasn't looked good. Um, so he's going to move an ADP already because of that. But all the things lingering for the next season, man, he, he should not be this high in ADP. He's still quarterback 13, 23 overall. Give me a break. I'm not, I'm not sure that this one is 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 necessarily valid from my perspective but i think it's going to happen i think we're going to see christian mccaffrey move down this month i think he's played you know pretty well but he hasn't really scored you know as an elite fantasy option he's not really getting the passing game work we are accustomed to blame it on matt rule fire matt rule um or breaker mayfield whatever you want but he's not getting that he did get 25 carries today um, which is not necessarily what you want to see from christian mccaffrey we'd rather get some uh, you know seven, eight receptions and reduce the that carries between the tackles on a player like that who has the energy concerns. But he is running back three in our September Superflex ADP at 16 overall. So I have to imagine based on age and 
perceived disappointment through the first three weeks he'll be moving down. Yeah, I had McCaffrey on my list as well. Not not quite that high, but um, I'm more worried about these veteran quarterbacks. So I'm I'm going. Uh, Dan took Brady. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. 13 overall in that September ADP just feels crazy. I think he could easily drop a round or maybe even more. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that one as well. I'm sticking to the to to what you're laying down there and going with Aaron Rodgers. 29 overall, quarterback 18. Uh, it could be the receivers. It could be the, the offensive line. He hasn't looked all that good through a couple of interceptions uh, already on the season as well, which is, which is not typical of Aaron Rodgers. Um, he, he's he's going to have a hard time finishing as a quarterback one this season. <laughs> I went with my next pick, uh, Derek Henry. Another probably pretty layup. He's 45 overall. Running back 12 uh, is just not the Derrick Henry we we know and love. And maybe it's the offense, um, but we're not getting the points from him this season. So uh, running back at running back 12, he's he's moving down. Got one more veteran quarterback I'm worried about for many reasons. Dak Prescott, 10 overall. Of course, uh, obviously the injury has hurt his value, but uh, in a small sample size, he was not off to a good start. That Cowboys offense uh, really looks like a disaster right now. And, uh, you know, you've even got Jerry Jones questioning if Dak is is the future starter there, which is just crazy talk, of course, but it's obviously not a good thing. Uh, Dak Prescott probably going to fall into the third round would be my guess. So that would be more than a round uh, drop for him. My last pick of this exercise is going to be Austin Eckler, and he's pretty low in this ADP at 34 overall, but the 27-year-old is not being used in the same way he's been used in the past. In fact, they were playing from behind in the second half on Sunday, playing from way behind, and he wasn't even on the field, let alone catching all that many passes for, for a majority of that fourth quarter. It was, it was really head-scratching. I, I know they're trying to save him, and they're going to need him late in the season, but for fantasy purposes, his value has tanked over this first uh, three weeks of the season. I would expect him to be outside of the top 48 picks here next month. I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one. I'm sure you'll be surprised. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't qualify in Superflex, but I put him here by, by one pick, by one pick. So he's 49th overall in Superflex, wide receiver 14. It's DJ Moore and one quarterback leagues. He's wide receiver 12. I'd like to change overall. my pick to Terry McLaurin, who's at 50 you, you in this thing. 51. Oh, my goodness. You could have it. But DJ Moore doesn't have 100 yards receiving on the season yet through three games. Uh, th- this is not good. Uh, this could, could be one of these guys that we know is super talented but just doesn't have the quarterback to unlock him or the coach to unlock him. Um, and, you know, next season, are they going to they're going to draft a rookie? He's going to be waiting again. They'll probably have a new head coach. Hopefully we'll change the focus. Um, but it seems like he's a guy we could really be waiting on to live up to the lofty ADP that we have set for him. Matt, I pointed this out on Twitter, but LaVisca Chenault has more receiving yards than DJ Moore this year. <laughs> and LaVisca has <laughs> played in just one game. Uh, in here in week three Uh, I'm going to pick a player that actually fits in the category we're talking about Uh, I'm going to go with Mac Jones uh, the second year quarterback 37 overall I think it's mostly just a case of him being overvalued in that previous ADP but um, being a young quarterback I kind of talked about it with with Pickett earlier any young quarterback has value in a super flex league but we've seen 
you know, we've kind of seen a cap ceiling with that Patriots offense in week three. Uh, Mac Jones suffered an injury. Hopefully he doesn't miss much time, but uh, that obviously would hurt his value as well. So um, I'll go with the Patriots quarterback here to end this draft. So that wraps up our two-round mock drafts. We might do this again later in the season. That gets a, a big conversation about a lot of players that are moving in Dynasty rankings. Uh, that was a fun exercise for sure. Make sure to follow Ryan at RyanMC23. Follow Matt at MattPriceFF. I'm at DMiler22. And get the podcast at DLF Podcast. Uh, again, week three in the books. We're already a quarter of the way through the fantasy football regular season, guys. So uh, we got a lot of a lot of football ahead of us. Let's enjoy it all. Uh, for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.